Father, we thank you for the opportunity to stand in this sacred place and to preach your sacred word. We ask you, O Lord, this morning for your aid, your blessing, and let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen and amen. I love him. Sing with me. I love him because he first loved me and purchased by salvation on Calvary. Sing it again. I love Him. I love Him because He first loved me and purchased my salvation on Calvary. God's people are always and forever expressing their love to the Lord Jesus. There are a lot of things we can forget, but one thing we must not forget is the Lordship of Jesus and that we celebrate the Lordship of Jesus. I want us to read from a passage in John chapter 12. If you have your Bibles, you'd like to turn over there to that. John chapter 12, while they're doing that, I'll say to all of you that are watching on the website, we're so glad that you could join with us for worship today, and I trust that God will minister to you as we have church here at Harvest today, and you feel welcome to let the Lord touch you and bless you where you are. Six days before Passover, Jesus came to Bethany. This is where Lazarus lived who Jesus had raised from the dead. And they put on a dinner for him there. Martha served, but Lazarus was with those that were sitting at the table with Jesus. And then Mary took a liter of pure nard, an expensive perfume, and she poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair and the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. This is a wonderful story about a lady and her worship. This lady was a lady that loved the Lord Jesus and put him first and put him as a priority in her life. She had come in contact with the Lord Jesus in somewhat of a strange way. She had heard about the Lord in the activities of her everyday life. Now, there are several stories that have the same characters. They're recorded in all four of the Gospels. However, the one in Luke is very different from the uh, other three, the three synoptics, as it were. Luke is the great physician. He is the Gentile writer of a gospel. He hears the story from 
others that have shared it with him. He was not a first in the very presence and activity of what was going on. He learned what he learned and wrote what he wrote because it was told him by uh, others that were present and were there. It's the uh, same situation with Mark. Mark is the oldest of the Gospels, and Mark was written at, at Peter's uh, dictation. Peter was the one that told him the story, and Mark is the one that wrote it down and called it his Gospel. It was the most widely circulated of all of the Gospels in the early church in the first century. Uh, Matthew was probably second, and uh, uh, Luke, and then Mark. The Bible tells us that this was a lady named Mary, a lady named Mary. However, we don't get that account in Luke. Luke doesn't use her name Mary. In fact, two of the Gospels do not tell us her, her name. But we all just assume that she is the Mary of Bethany, who was the sister of Lazarus, whom the Lord raised from the dead. Now, the Bible had to begin this verse by saying that there was a man named Simon that lived in Bethany. And then it says, this is where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus raised from the dead. I'm just wondering, why do you have to be reminded of that? Why did the Holy Spirit have to recount this is the same Bethany where the miracle took place? This is the same place where Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. This is the Bethany. You know, towns are known for different things, but Bethany was known for the town where the Lord Jesus raised up Lazarus from the dead. You remember that account, don't you? And the Bible tells us that Mary was at the feet of Jesus, but Martha was troubled about many things. She was worried and full of all kind of anxiety about the dinner, and uh, she couldn't really get excited about the presence of the Lord Jesus at the dinner, and uh, Mary became a problem for her sister. Sometimes your worship will become a problem for others. Sometimes your worship will bring you into conflict with others. Sometimes your worship isn't appreciated. Sometimes your worship is, they say, out of place with some people. Amen. But praise, the Bible said, is comely for the righteous. Praise is comely for the righteous. Now that word is an interesting word, isn't it? Comely. Comely actually comes from a Greek word which means good manners. Can you say that? Good manners. What that means is it's always good manners to praise the Lord. That means it's always in order to praise the Lord. Hey, you'd have a tough time telling David to stay quiet because he said, I will praise the Lord and I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. He was a, a praiser. He was a songwriter. And he would sing songs about praising and blessing the name of the Lord. I will bless him at all times. Blessed be the God of our salvation. And let the God of our salvation be exalted. My mouth shall be full of his praise at all times. Love the Lord and forget not all of his benefits. Hallelujah. He's just full of praise and worship. 
He's full of this excitement of knowing the Lord Jesus and being in the presence of the Lord. In fact, he said, in his presence, there is fullness of joy. In his presence, there's instruction. In his presence, there's encouragement. In his presence, there's healing. In his presence, there's forgiveness of sin. And worshipers are special people to the Lord. In fact, he just loves people who come to church to worship. Amen. Amen. If you came for any other reason today, you missed the mark. If you came to see what so-and-so was going to wear today, then you missed the mark. If you came today to listen to some song the praise team might sing, you missed the mark. Amen. Because the main thing is you meet Jesus when you get here. Church is not worth going to if you don't meet Jesus when you get there. And there may be some important people in service, but there won't be anybody in service today more important than the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. This little lady, she had her mind made up she was going to be at church. But I, I doubt very seriously if the, if the woman in Luke was... Mary, the sister of Lazarus. Why do you say that, Pastor? Because in Luke, the Bible said there was a woman. A woman in that city, and the Bible said she was a sinner. Well, now we know that there's nothing about Mary, the sister of Lazarus, that would indicate to us she was anything else but a righteous person and a worshiper and a lover of the Lord, and one who sat at the feet of Jesus. We certainly don't think that she had a moral problem and that was known for illicit behavior in that city, but this lady who was a sinner that we don't know her name didn't give us her name. All we know, she's a, a female and she's a sinner. Wow. The word is onesimus. And it literally means one who falls short of what God approves of. One who falls short of what God approves of. One of that certainly wasn't Mary at all in Bethany. This must have been, had to have been another Mary. Now, granted, there are a lot of Marys living at the time of Jesus. Three of them at the foot of the cross, Mary the mother of Jesus, Ma Mary Mag Magdalene, uh, and a Mary the mother of Joseph. Well, there's just all kind of Mary. There's all kind of Simons. As Israelis would say, Shimon. There are all kinds of, that was a very popular name. And, and the Bible just simply says in one of the uh, narratives, it says Simon the leper. In some of the Gospels, it says they were at the house of the Pharisee named Simon. Well, we, we know those two Simons aren't the same ones because Pharisees didn't have anything to do with lepers. And Simon, the Pharisee, wouldn't have been giving a dinner for disciples of Jesus. So you catch my drip. 
You understand what I'm saying when I tell you the stories are similar in Luke than they are to the others. In fact, there's different uh, things going on in all of those Gospels. Enough for me to say, I don't think that the woman in Luke who was a sinner was the Mary, the sister of Lazarus. Okay? Now, if you want to believe that, I understand. And you just go ahead and believe that. But I believe that this sinner woman was a woman that the Bible said she heard about Jesus. And she, the Bible said she found out that Jesus was going to be in the house. Whew, time to do some preaching, isn't it? She found out that Jesus was going to be in the house. Now, hey, folks, there's a lot of things you can share with people outside these walls. But the greatest thing you can share with people outside these walls who drive these streets and walk these sidewalks, the greatest thing you can tell them, hey, there's going to be a house next Sunday that's going to be filled with worshipers and Jesus is going to be in the house. Oh, Jesus is such a great personality that he's like a magnet. He said, when I'm lifted up, all men are drawn unto me. When God's people sing the praises of God and lift up the anthem of redemption and salvation, then the Bible says that people will be drawn to the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. I found out that Jesus was going to be in the house. And the Bible said, and she made it into the house. She was present in the in the house. Now, at the meal that John talks about and the meal that Matthew talks about, then there is Mary, and she is, the Bible said she's, she's weeping, and she's washing the feet of Jesus with the tears out of her eyes and drying them with her hair. And the Bible said, then... She took out an alabaster box or container, and the Bible said, and she broke it. And she broke it as she poured out the contents on the head of Jesus. Now, that's Mary, sister of Lazarus, pouring the ointment on the head. This sinner woman that came in off the street that was of pretty bad reputation, the Bible said when she cried and she wiped his feet with the hairs of her head and then she took the spicanard and the, whew, and the perfume and she poured it on the feet of Jesus. One poured it on the head the other poured it on the feet. You'll get this in a minute. <clears throat> See, God not only is Lord and to be worshipped in your mind, He not only is to be worshipped and praised in your thought processes, but also He's to be anointed and praised and worshipped as you walk out this life as you live this life, as you go through this life doing what is necessary to 
Oh, my blessed God. He'll anoint your feet and he'll also anoint your head. I better not go too far in that anointing your head because some folks need a lot more anointing in their head than they do in their feet, evidently. But God intends to anoint you in your head and also your feet so that you'll walk. My dad used to say, I don't care how, how loud you shout and how fast you run on Sunday night just so you come down walking straight on Monday morning. Steve, you probably heard that, hadn't you? A.N. Lee probably said that a lot of times. Don't care how much you shout. Don't care how much you dance. Don't care how much you holler. Just so you come down walking straight on Monday morning. Whoa, what a good saying that is. It's kind of like living your religion. You got to live your religion every day. Boy, that's an old song, isn't it? On Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you've got to live your religion every day. Hey, not only do we not need our heads anointed to praise and worship, we need our feet anointed so that our behavior, our activity will give praise and honor to the Lord Jesus. Now, what about this drying with her hair? I read a, a story not long ago about a, a lady. She loved her husband so very much. And all he had was that was worth anything was a watch that his father had left him. And she started counting up something that she could do to give him a, a good Christmas present and let him know that she really, really loved him. And she had a dollar and 87 cents. And she said, Lord, what did I could, can I do with a dollar and 87 cents? That won't buy anything that even comes close to letting my husband know how much I love and appreciate him. And she finally said, well, I've got some hair. I love my hair so very much. But she went and sold her hair. And when her husband came in, she said, I bought you a, a, a present. I bought you a... a a platinum chain to go on your watch that your dad left you. And he said, well, I no longer have the watch because I pawned it to buy you something for Christmas. Wow. You see, when you love, you can't love without giving. And you can't give without loving. That it is a natural thing that when you love, you want to give. God so loved that He gave. You see, loving and giving goes together. And this lady, when she bowed at, at the feet of Jesus. Now, it says table in the Scripture there, I understand. And Leonardo da Vinci's got this beautiful picture that he paints of the Lord's Supper. And it's a beautiful picture, but it is a picture. In Jewish custom and Jewish culture, when they ate at a dinner like that, they were laid their cots in a circle and they had a, a central place where they dipped in the sop and where they each ate together. In fact, they were reclining. And notice what it says here. It says that when she came in, she went over and she stood behind 
Jesus. Do you know why she did that? She did that because Jesus was reclining. She would be standing and she did not want to offend the Lord by looking down on Him. Oh, glory to God. I wonder if sometimes our behavior doesn't cause us to look down instead of look up at the Lord Jesus. Sometimes we act like He's not even around. Oh, Lordy. I done kind of painted myself in a corner here. There are some people that hang up their worshiping cloak as they go out that door and they don't need it again till next Sunday when they walk back in that door and put it back on. In fact, worship is only on their mind when they're sitting in these chairs and in this room. Let me tell you something. You need to carry the Lord Jesus home with you. You need to carry the Holy Spirit inside you. You need to have the Holy Spirit abiding with you day after day at home, at work, at supermarkets, at gas stations, wherever you are. When you've been at a place 36 years, then people tend to know who you are, but you may not know who they are. And they'll say things to you sometimes, say, how's it going, preacher? And you turn around and say, oh, doing good. How, how about you? So many times you've got to do that anonymous thing, you know. Yeah, those general, hey, how you doing today? Because I hadn't got a clue who in the world they are. But I want you to know that there is a Lord Jesus who never forgets who you are, never forgets what you're doing, never, never lets slip from his mind what you are going through. So here we are at a Pharisee's house. And we've got the Lord around the table, around the eating place, reclining, and this lady gets in. I wonder how in the world she got in. She wasn't invited. She wasn't fortunate enough to matter enough to get invited. She was such a disenfranchised lady that she didn't get invited. She was such a marginalized lady that she didn't get invited. And besides... Simon the Pharisee would have nothing to do with her anyway. Because in their opinion, you don't fool with sinners. And their main objection to Jesus was, he eats with sinners. He sits down at tables with publicans and tax collectors and Galileans. People that we all call sinners. You see, they were plagued by a situation called self-righteousness and works righteousness. In fact, they were about to go into the midst of one of their big high and holy days at Passover. 
They were preparing for a big celebration. There were at least a million people, visitors, that were in Jerusalem already at this time. And the whole countryside was full and every village, every inn, every hamlet, everybody that could afford anything at all, tents, everything that could be imagined. They were all ready to do the Passover deal, not realizing that the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world was present with them in their midst. The Bible said he came unto his own and his own received him not. But as many as did receive him gave he power to become the sons of God. How did this little lady get in? There were servants posted at the door. There were no doubt a member of the Sanhedrin. You couldn't just walk in his house. Common people would never see his house anyway. And those who came by invitation were let in by someone employed by the Pharisee. How did this woman get in? Is it possible that she knew some secret way to get into that house? That when everybody else wasn't looking and nobody else was aware and it was dark and nobody would ever find out and this little sinner woman Could it be that another sinner was in the room? One that realized she was a sinner and one that hid it and kept it from being public? One that said, Lord, have mercy upon me, a sinner. And one who said, I thank God I'm not like that sinner. Could it be she knew something, some way to get into that room when nobody else knew about it? Wow. And as she had washed his feet with her hairs of her head, you see the Romans, when they would come in from a, a triumphant campaign, they would come in and they would bring slaves that were chained and roped and they would drag them into, into the cities. And the women of the city would take their hair and they would wash the streets where the chariots would come as an act of humility and an act of being under subjection to the Roman generals. This lady had probably seen that many times as kings had rode in to the city. And she said, I'm in the presence of a king. His name is King Jesus. And she said, whatever people do for earthly kings, to let them know that they're submitted and surrendered to them, I want the Lord Jesus to know that I am submitted and I am surrendered. And therefore she took the hairs of her head and she dried the feet of the Lord Jesus. You say, Pastor, why did she break the alabaster box? There are many reasons because 
if you ever, in their culture, if you ever broke an alabaster box, a precious box that was worth lots of money. In fact, the Bible said just the oil that was in this container was worth 300 denarii. That's more money than most people made in a year in Israel. It was very costly. The box was very costly. Most common pe people couldn't afford one. But this lady, through her whole life, had accumulated this oil that was in this box. It represented all the work, all the toil. The summation of her life was wrapped up in that one box and the oil that was in it. All the money she'd made all of her life all that she had done, all that she had been, all that she had experienced was right here in that box. And she said, I'm going to take my life and I'm going to take all that I've earned from my life and I'm going to take my, my whole substance. I'm going to take everything that is me and I'm going to take it to Jesus. I'm a sinner, but I know where to go, and I know who to go to, and I know what to carry when I go. I, I'm going to carry myself. I'm going to take myself to the presence of Jesus, and I'm going to offer myself to the Lord Jesus and ask Him to take me and cleanse me and wash me and make me a new creature in Christ Jesus to turn my life around, to change my direction. Make me that new creature in Christ Jesus that old things are passed away and all things are become new. I want Him to give me a new name. I want Him to write my name in the Lamb's book of life. I know what I need. I need a life life-changing encounter with the Lord Jesus. And I'm going to bring to him the symbolic element of everything I have been, and I'll leave him with worship for him and praise for him and joy for him. It was typical that in that culture that they would oftentimes break the box. They would do that so that no one who was undeserving would ever use that box ever again. And therefore they would break it. Break it into pieces so that it can never be used to anoint anybody else. Thank you, Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost said that's what I need to happen this morning. People that are willing to break the box. Say, no one else can do for me what Jesus does. There will never be anyone of less quality or less reputation that will ever do for me what Jesus has done for me. Oh, there will never be another. No one else cares for me like Jesus. No one else has the power to redeem like Jesus. So that no one else ever becomes higher than the Lord in my life. I'm going to break the box. 
And I'm going to see to it that no other person ever means more to me than the Lord Jesus. Boy, that's good preaching. Hallelujah. The Bible said that Jesus may be all and in all. I have lost all things, Paul said, that I might gain Jesus, that I might gain Christ. Everything I counted as gain for myself is lost that I might gain the Lord Jesus. I know another reason why she probably broke the box. How many of you ever have said good to the last drop? I believe she broke the box because she didn't want to leave anything in it to remain. She wanted to make sure it was empty. That all the praise she had, nothing reserved, nothing held back, nothing left over. Everything. If I've got to break the box to get the last drop, I want every bit of the praise I've got to go to the Lord Jesus. I want the totality. I want the summation. I want the whole, complete, everything I've got that can worship God. I want my life to praise God. I want my death to praise God. I want my family to praise God. I want my neighbor to praise God. I want everything that's around me, in me, and through me to praise God. I don't want to leave anything out. Whatever I can do, I want to do it 100%. Nothing, nothing left behind. Sometimes your worship, you have to go ahead in spite of what others think about your worship. Sometimes the folks that can be the hardest on your worship are people of your own household. Where were you wounded like that in the house of my friends? Sometimes your friends. This little lady, when she was worshiping and she was praising and receiving her life change, there was a person present. And the Bible said his name was Judas. And the Bible said there, there were several men in the room that said, what's going on here? Why has this woman broke this box of expensive, costly spicanard? Why in this world has she poured it out like that? We could have sold that and could have given that to the poor. And the Bible put a footnote in. You ever read one of the footnotes? It said, this he did not because he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief. You mean the Bible just blatantly looks somebody in the face and says, you're a thief? I don't write this stuff. I just preach it. Wow. She ought not to worship Jesus. Like that. We need to redirect her some way to where she doesn't give it all to Jesus.
We need to somehow counsel with her and advise her. That's not the way you worship with all your heart. You need to be like us and hold back a little bit. Don't be so intense. Don't be so fervent. Don't be so quick to throw your hand up and praise the Lord. Don't be so instant. Don't be so convinced about it. They said, we could have took that. Judas said, buddy, that would have been a good increase for the capital. He could have said, buddy, I can, I can cheat some more folks. I can steal from some more folks if I had a little bit more capital to work with. And if that crazy woman hadn't come in here with her box, if I could have got to her first and talked her out of that and told her, no, 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 don't pour that on Jesus. And I love what Jesus said. Come on, Olivia, so they'll think I'm quitting. I love what Jesus said. Jesus said, leave her alone. Quit messing with her. Quit trying to rob her. Quit trying to shortchange her. She needs something that only Jesus can give. She needs something that you can't give to some united way. You can't give to some fund somewhere. She needs something that money can't buy. She needs something that you can't borrow from the bank. What does she need? She needs a touch of the Spirit of the living God that can change her life and make her a new creature. Why didn't somebody get to that little lady and talk her out of that? Jesus said, you leave her alone. You leave her alone. She needs to do something that she won't be able to do later on. It became about time then. Jesus said, the poor you have with you always. What he's saying is you've got a lot of opportunities and a lot of time left to help poor people. But he said, I'm not here much longer, boys. Two days, two more days, you don't have me with you. Not, not very long. Can I tell you today that we need to worship the Lord while it is day, for the night cometh when no man can work. That we need to be first on the front line of this good fight of faith. Amen doing what we know to do and being what we know we need to be so that the Lord can receive glory and honor and praise. I want to tell you something. There's a great need right now in this country for somebody to stand up and say, this is what Jesus says. We need a champion somewhere in this country right now that will stand up and say, this is the way, and this is what the Bible says, and this is where we stand. Hey, I believe God's got one. I believe God's got more than one. I believe God's got some men and some women will stand up and take a stand for what God's Word says. Leave her alone. Leave her alone. Let her do what she has done. She's doing it for the glory of God. Doing it for the glory of God. 
and tell you one more thing about her hair. In their custom, it was a shame and a statement about your morality to let your hair down. She said, I don't really care what anybody else thinks. They can call me whatever they want to call me. They can say you ought to be ashamed all they want to. But she let her hair down and she dried the feet of Jesus. She risked it all. She laid it all on the line. She said, I'm a, I'm a worshiper. I'm a, I pray to God that our worship would be intense like this little lady. I pray to God that we could do for the Lord Jesus what this little lady did that our praise would go up as a sweet savor unto Him, that we could bless His name and that we could lift Him so high that people will see and be saved. Stand with me, please. Blessed be the name of God. Hallelujah. For about 30 seconds, could we do the best praise we got? The best praise you got. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. All that is within me, bless his holy name. Forget not all of his benefits. The Lord is the Lord of my life. The Lord is the strength of my life. He is my light. He is my salvation. Of whom shall I fear or what shall I be afraid? The Lord is my salvation. Oh, blessed be God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, I don't ever get tired praising the Lord, do you? I don't ever get tired of lifting him up. Don't ever get tired of saying thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Almighty fortress is our God. Oh, bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Jesus prophesied I would do what I'm doing right here today. I said, Jesus prophesied. After he said, leave her alone, he said, her name is going to be preserved for all of eternity. He said, people will be preaching about her for the rest of time. Woo, glory to God said there'll be a little old preacher named Jerry Irwin who'll get up over there at Harvest and Anniston, Alabama, preach about this little woman. Glory to God. What she's done today is going to put her name in the book forever. When God said, my word endureth forever, he said, this story about this little lady, it's going to be for always and it's going to be forever. Let me tell you, worship is so precious that it lasts forever. Worship is so powerful that it lasts forever. Thank you, God.
time. Put your antennas up. Tell him thank you. Tell him thank you. Thank, thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Tell him thank you. Tell him thank you. Tell him thank you. Bless your name, Lord Jesus. Now, God, we pray that you would go with this church as we go out these doors into the world, that we would be light and salt, that we would live in such a manner as people would say, Jesus in us. Oh, Lord, let this house be a house where Jesus meets with us. Lord, let this church become known as a church where God meets with people, where needs are met and lives are changed and hearts are blessed and washed. Go with us, God, to our homes and families. Give us an enjoyable time throughout this day. We'll praise you. We'll glorify you. Let me ask it all in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen and amen and amen and amen and amen. God bless you and God go with you is our prayer. You have a great week.